everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Dharmic Evolution. I am your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, and master storyteller. And today I am really delighted to have with us um, somebody who I've gotten very um, connected to over the past couple of years. My producer of all my music is Kim Copeland from the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I affectionately uh, refer to Kim as Nashville's first lady of Music Row. And um, if you ever wonder what a producer does, how does this music get made? What goes on in a studio? What goes on in a recording studio? Well, you've come to the right place today. So strap in your seatbelt. Let's go for a ride. like to welcome everybody to Dharmic Evolution and today have I got a surprise for you. I have uh, my new uh, dear friend and producer who's who's sort of become a really good friend over the last, I guess it's almost about two years now. Uh, I think actually we just uh, crossed the two-year threshold and this is what who I call the first lady of Music Row and I'd like to introduce Kim Copeland, producer extraordinaire. So uh, Kim, welcome. It's so great to have you on Dharmic Evolution today. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Yeah, there's so much to cover. I mean, we have like, uh, we got this cool history going on now for, um, for like I said, a couple of years. So um, lots of stuff I want to ask you. And uh, why don't we start at the beginning, which is how did you become a producer? <laughs> Take us down that road, please. It's fascinating. <laughs> okay, those are the best sometimes, so well, so give us the whole script. Here. I heard a great quote one time uh, recently, in fact, that it was, uh, people sometimes find their destiny on the road they took to avoid it. And okay. I love that quote, and I'm such a firm believer in just showing up. I think that all success has come from showing up and right. being open, asking right. what am I here to give, what am I here to receive, and that's kind of how right. I, I approach production. I was... Uh, Doing well, the short version is I was doing working for NSAI, doing critiques and so forth, doing songwriter mentoring, doing my own songwriting and okay. performing. And uh, one day, just got invited to help, uh, uh, in fact, a lady from New Jersey to, to help her do her first uh, indie album project. And she okay. said, I love your critiques of my songs, I love your ideas, I love your voice when you're singing harmonies on them, just for you know, giving me examples. So she invited me to help organize the session and to be there and to communicate the ideas to the musicians and arrange the songs and write the charts and sing back up and uh, it was a wonderful opportunity and that was the first time that I just knew that all of my gifts came together and all of my talents were in sync doing that um, right. and so it kind of sought me out. So in other words you already had intrinsically built into you you were a producer. You just didn't know it, and you didn't have the title. You weren't wearing the title yet, but you were already, like, that was your thing. Exactly. You, you were just like, you were made for this. I, I think so. I've never looked back, and I've never felt happier. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so how long have you been doing this? 
Uh, I've okay, been in, you were you were in Tennessee. Um, I'm sorry, you came from Texas originally. Correct? I did from Houston, right. Texas. Okay, uh, where I was a full time performer there and songwriter. But I've been in Nashville over 25 years now. So how long have you been producing? I've been producing about 20 years. So now your your business model. You work with songwriters and artists, one or the other, both. Uh, I work with both, and actually. I began working with songwriters doing songwriter demos because I was producing my own demos and, and other writers were liking the sound of that and asking me to help with theirs. Um, I still work with songwriters because I'm a mentor at heart and I will always enjoy kind of guiding songwriters. Um, so I still do some songwriter demo sessions, but I'm predominantly working with independent artists now. My, my real passion is kind of discovering the uniqueness in artists and helping them along their journey. So I do work with both. Uh, it used to be more songwriters, fewer artists. Now it's becoming more artists, fewer songwriters. So that happened just kind of organically all by itself, or do you feel like there is a part of you that is drawn to that as being more interesting and fascinating, or how do you think that that? Yeah, it is interesting. And I also think that it helps me because it helps me help the writers because I'm always open to listening to songs for projects that I'm producing. Right. So it, it, intrinsically, I'm, I'm enmeshed with both of them kind of all the time. But yes, I'm drawn to indie artists because my passion is really discovering uniqueness and helping develop that talent and just growing alongside the artists that I work with. Right, right. Well, it's, uh, I'll tell you, I can say from my own experience, it is a pleasure to work with you because you do draw out like like you you have the gift of not only enhancing and embellishing what somebody brings in my case but you know when to just stay quiet <laughs> let, let this person rampage and then you know when to say hey you know what you're doing this all wrong or not all wrong but i have a better idea for this you know and and that is so cool i just love that so you know, tell everybody, like, what does a producer do? A lot of people, because I've gotten asked this so many times, like, I'm working with a producer, what do they do? And uh, even when I first started playing, I had no idea because I was self-producing and, you know, I was doing my thing, but I didn't really know all the elements as many people don't. So could you share that with our audience? Like, what, what exactly does a producer do? Sure. Well, the technical answer is a producer should... Uh, coordinate the session, bring it in on time and budget, and surround the artist with the right creative environment and the right creative tools to bring out their best. Now, there's two approaches to production. One is a lot of producers like to have their sound and create the artist in their image. And if that's an image that resonates with that artist, it's a beautiful thing. And if it's, if it's not an image that resonates with that artist, it kind of boxes them in. The other approach, and the one that, I'm, that I take, is more an approach of discovery. I love to work with the artist. I don't have a Kim Copeland sound. My sound is that artist sound. And my passion and my goal is to guide that artist into finding their uniqueness. And that's what keeps it creative and fun for me. I've been doing this a long time and I'm just as passionate about it as I was when I started because every artist is new. Every creative being has different gifts to share. And I learn and grow with them along the path. So I want to, it, it's a process of discovery for me. That's wonderful. Okay. So so let's talk about genres. Like, um, do you have a fit? Like, obviously, uh, you're from Nashville. That's a country music capital of the world, I'm sure. Um, so genres are, is it heavily weighted towards country just by 
by is a byproduct of where you are or is is that a misnomer like people just feel everything is country in nashville Everything is not country in Nashville, <laughs> especially today because it's evolving. But I, I come from a classical background. I, I've, I've sung and performed opera. I've written orchestral scores. I've performed in rock, pop, <clears throat> Christian, country, uh, pretty much everything but hip hop, you know, R&B. So I'm really comfortable in any genre. The reason I chose Nashville over L.A. or New York is that it's such a community-minded place. The creative energy is just just oozes as you walk down the street, you breathe it in. And I just, I love it here. But no, we have wonderful world-renowned musicians in all genres, and it's really a matter of, of who I cast and how I put it together, uh, what comes out. But I love working in all genres. Okay, tell us um, tell us a little bit about your studio. I mean, uh, you've got an amazing studio. Uh, I've been there many times. I love it there. Tell everybody, what's that all about? What, what goes on? A little bit about the equipment and how you're set up to handle uh, the whole process of the creative process. Well, let me say first that we love having you there. <laughs> because you, because, so much because you lean into the creative process. And I, I wanted to have a big sign on, on the studio door as you walk in that says, leave your egos outside, <laughs> creative zone. <laughs> because I'm just all about bringing in the cast of characters that can just create a wonderfully uh, open and non-ego environment, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a small studio, but it's on Music Row, and it's actually an extension of myself. I had worked in a lot of different studios in Nashville uh, and, and in Texas as well, and I knew the equipment that I wanted when I found the engineer that I knew I wanted to work with full-time, then he and I and my business partner, Susan Tucker, uh, went in together to, to get a studio on Music Row. And it's a okay. wonderfully creative tracking room. We have um, a Trident ADB board, which is which is vintage. Um, a lot of great hits have been recorded on that board. Um, and the Frank Zappa board. Frank Zappa board. Yes, we I brought it back so from cool. LA. Totally that's... reworked it. Put new analog subs on on it. Um, we have Pro Tools, so we we have the best of it because we have the warmth of analog and the convenience of Pro Tools. Um, we have a house drum kit, which means that it saves on cartridge for the artists that I'm working with. And plus, it's a better sound because it's pre-miked. We don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, so we've got it set for the sound that we want. The room mics right. and everything are just set like we like. Um, we have a beautiful Yamaha C7 uh, grand piano. We have a Hammond B3 organ, a vintage that uh, is, is beautiful and, and I love. Um, and a, a separate vocal booths and um, booths for the electric guitar and acoustic booth for the acoustic instruments. Uh, and right. it's just a wonderfully creative, warm environment. You have a lot of wonderful musicians at your beck and call because obviously been, you've been doing this for a long time. So you have, uh, you have this pull, you have this ability to get people in. Um, and, and I'm sure this was a long process for you to, you know, to kind of uncover all the talent and I'm sure it's something you built up through the years. So tell me about that process. Is it people that uh, mostly seek you out or that you just hear about somebody, you give them a call, or by now you're probably, the phone's ringing off the hook. How can, when can I come? Can I come at all? <laughs> I mean, just give us a little bit about that, how that all happened. Well, the musicians, we are blessed to live in such a rich uh, musical city. 
And I always tell people I can go four or five in any position without losing any quality at all because there are so many great musicians here. The joke is you can't throw a rock without hitting a guitar player, a great guitar right. player. But uh, I love to mix and match and, and bring in guys that suit the project and the music that we're working on. But I also cast them according to their creative energy. It, it, I don't have to work with people who don't want to be there. So okay. we have the blessing of really putting people in the environment that uh, want to be there and that are going to add to the creative experiments. And then, and then it really is just everybody sharing the experience together in the discovery process. Okay. I wanted to ask you about these contributions. Um, you know, you were involved with Alan Parsons, which I, I'm a fan of his for many, many years. How did you how did you get into that? How did that whole thing, you know, how did how did that come about? <laughs> you ended up working with him. Well, it was a wonderful experience. Um, actually, they called me. Uh, I, I think there are, are very few female producers, and on top of that, there are very few vocal producers. Most producers. Uh, are men, and most of them come at it from uh, being a musician first or an engineer. Right. Um, okay. I, I am a musician and I am a performer, but I'm also a, a trained vocal coach. And so I think that gives me a unique edge in, in the production field. And he graciously wanted to incorporate everybody in a wide range of talent um, in musical fields on this project that he was doing. And so they called me and asked uh, to, if I would talk a little bit um, about being a female producer and mostly about vocal production. And I was very, very honored to be a part of it. Uh, there's there's wonderful other people involved in there and some uh, Michael McDonald and Tony Brown. and uh, Yeah, I wanted to ask you about those guys too. Like big names. Uh, so, yeah, how did they come about? Like they were they were part of the whole thing. This the Alan Parsons. I was think it, Alan you... reached. Yeah, I think Alan reached out to people that he admired and respected, and that he wanted in, involved the views that different views that he wanted to bring together. Okay. And so it's really a wonderfully uh, complex and yet um, user friendly uh, video series that uh, really digs in deep to the creative process and the and the art of recording and the science of recording. And combines okay. both views, and uh, it, it's wonderful. Uh, like I say, I was very honored to be a part of it. So you said that's like a video series. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it? So is that available on DVD, or how does how does somebody get it? It is available on DVD. Um, I okay. Don't, I don't know. Google Alan Parsons. Alan Parsons. Art, art what is and it? Science. Okay. Yeah. So everybody, Alan Parsons, Art and Science. You can get. Alan, you can get Kim, Tony Brown, Michael McDonald, and that's that sounds like a really, really cool deal. It's so educational that's... and entertaining, yeah. Okay. So your clients, okay, give us the run-through. Like when you get a project in, like what is your process? How do you go about saying, I, I know what this person is or I'm struggling with this person or, you know, I got to come up with something that is perfectly suited for this particular artist you, you know, take me through your process of preparing for this person and saying, you know, I want to nail it. I want to bring in the right person, the right musicians, et cetera. How do you line up your day for that particular person? Well, I tell people if you see me working in the studio, something is horribly wrong because most of my hard work happens before we get to the studio. Right. Uh, my first choice in deciding whether to work on a project is deciding whether I can bring something to it. I don't record just right. to record. I have to make sure that we're, we're, we're propelling the artist along their journey. 
Okay. So I immerse myself in them and their music and all of their previous work uh, to make sure how I can fit into the picture and what I can bring to it. Um, mm-hmm. If they if they don't have their own songs already, then I immediately bring in my partner Susan Tucker, who acts as a project manager on it, okay. and she will meet with them. Her her background is in artist management and publishing, and she'll meet with them to see if we need to do a song search because we have access to all the large publisher and songwriter catalogs. So okay. the first thing is finding great songs, whether they've written them or whether we need to do an outside search, uh, because I won't record until I feel like we have the material that is worthy of it. Um, Then I start working with the artist, doing vocal coaching, doing song selection, song mapping, and and preparing them physically and mentally for the studio. Because once we get in there, I want to make sure that we can capture a unique performance that's really going to help them stand out in a crowd. So Susan can help with lining up photo shoots if they need that, PR for writing their bios, uh, graphic design, uh, CD pressing. So they're working with her kind of on the business side. She's also coaching them on social media and what to do after the the fact. At the same time that I'm working with them on the creative process and preparing for the studio. Right. So what do you say to an artist that you say, you know what, this person's got some really good things here, but they need... X, like what, what would you say to them? Would you counsel them on work on your songs more, work on your voice more, work on your whatever it is, go to the gym and get some more, get some more lung capacity? I mean, I mean, do you do any of that kind of stuff or is it pretty much like you, you won't know until they come in and you, you find out the weak, weak links after? Well, all of the above. And I do a lot of that via Skype because I, you know, I'm working with a, a, a kid from Slovenia, an artist. I'm, I'm working with a guy, a, a rock Christian rock artist in Russia. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a, a girl out in California that I'm doing a Skype session with tomorrow, and it's it's her preliminary session. So right. what I will do with her is get her on a vocal workout program to get her stronger okay. uh, and increase her range and get ready for the studio. So I'll start on that now, even though we're not recording for about three months. Right. At the same time, we're doing a song search. So all of the above. It's okay. vocal coaching. It's getting shape coaching. It's here's what here's how we communicate with each other in the studio to get the best performance from you. Right. Um, at the same time, Susan's going. Here's what you need to do to build to be ready to, to market this on the back end. So oh, so it sounds. Yeah, we're like, we're very hands hands on. Yeah, we enjoy it the sounds whole like you've got like a really really deep toolbox because I mean I I have worked with producers in the past. Everybody from like overdoing it to ones who just sit there and say, uh-huh, good, good. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you're not helping me, dude. You're, you know, fueling the ego is not what we're here about, you know. So, uh, so it seems to me, I mean, my own experience, I've, I've witnessed you do all of these things as far as knowing when to step in is a, is a really, um, that's a wonderful gift that you have because, I mean, case in point, when we were down there last month, um, because the band laid down such a beautiful track and it was so far and you just came to me and said you're singing it like this you're so tense you're, you know you just and immediately everything clicked I got it like right away and I said wow yeah it's a, it needs a whole different approach well from what I was doing when I wrote it on the acoustic so you know wow. picking that out is just I mean it's just so valuable I mean just like in in 30 seconds you explained to me a whole world of other opportunity which is great, and everybody can't do that. So, 
my hat is off to me. And I left my hat at the cleaner, but if I had one, it would be off to you. So, <laughs> well, Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it because, you know, I work with such a wide variety of artists. I mean, I have a, a kid that I'm doing artist development on that we're working on performance and he's still learning how to deliver. And right. then to the extreme of you who come in and you know who you are and you're so defined as an artist and you're such a wonderful songwriter well, thank and you. you kind of create in a vacuum a little bit until you get it to a certain level right. and you bring me this wonderful stuff and then I'm allowed to sit back and and get the whole visual of it right. and try and help take it to the world right. from, from your from your small studio to the world and right. I love that process and I I thank you for allowing me to be a part oh, of it. Oh yeah, I mean for me it's great because I feel like I have to bring like a really really finished project but not to the point where you become like you disclude the talent that surrounds you. Like when you have, like right. Paul, for instance, the last time he came in and he said, how about change this? Awesome, awesome idea. Wayne, you know, Jim, all of the guys, they come up with just amazing melodic symphonies that, that wrap around. And, and you're kind of like the marionette master. You've got the whole thing going on. So the more I can do in the <laughs> beginning, the better the project's going to be because then you don't have to worry about like fundamentals. Fundamentals are really up to me. I've been doing this a while. If I'm not working on my fundamentals, there's something wrong with that. So, um, so when you come and you make it into something so beautiful with your expertise and the people who surround you, it, it's really amazing for me. Um, I wanted to ask you about... See, the same hold true, holds true for you. You've done so much work before you get there, and that allows us to have fun in the studio. Yeah, I mean, I really think, and you know, I think writers and creators need to hear that, you know, it's incumbent upon, don't ever wait for somebody to do something for you. Like you should follow, like if that's your dream and that's your magic, man, work it and work it. Because I think really most of really good songwriting comes from hard work. I mean, I know there's people like the Paul mm -hmm. Simons of the world, but most of us are not that way. Most of us... Uh, well, don't think Paul doesn't work, Paul, too. <laughs> Paul does, too. I'm sure all the great ones like really, really, really work hard. And, and I, think, yeah. I think you get rewarded because you get a better song you you know, when, you, when you work hard. Yeah. So how about the website? You got um, a really... Uh, your website, I watched this thing grow and grow and grow, and it's, it, it has so much information on it. Can you tell everybody like, how you came up with the idea and how it grew to what it is now and just give us like, the highlights of if the, somebody goes there? Well, first of all, I am so blessed to have a wonderful business partner in Susan Tucker because yes. she comes up with a lot of the ideas for my website. Okay. Uh, the video clips. I just, I love people. The best part of my business is getting to meet people, creative people like you, and share the creative energy. So the more I can share of that on my website, through the videos, through the articles, through the blogs, the e-zines, all of that, um, the better I get to know you and the better you get to know me. I yeah. only like to work on projects that I know I can contribute something to. Okay. And I feel like the more you know me before we decide to work together, the, the happier relationship we'll have. Right. You know, and, and funny, the way, just so everybody knows, the way that Kim and I met was actually at a, at a uh, music conference in L.A. And that was about four years ago, I think. It might have even been five years ago. And... Uh, and you, I had just completed this record that was, I yeah. did all on my own and you critiqued it and gave me some pointers and some ideas. And the reason we stayed connected was because of your website slash blog. I'm not sure what it was at the time. I think it was like a weekly newsletter. 
and I kept getting it. I kept checking it out. And you always had, and I considered myself like a seasoned, you know, veteran because I've been recording for a long time. But I always learn something from your newsletters. I don't know if it was uh, if it was vocal technique on a microphone or, but you always provided such value. And uh, and then we spoke, and I was going to ask you to just produce my vocals from via Skype or whatever. And then you say, why don't you come down? And then down, I, down I came and the rest is history. But, but you always offered value on your, on your website, you offer, you know, your, your weekly newsletter. So I'm sure you must get Thank people you. coming back to you saying, Hey, this tip was, was great because they were really, really good things. Well, and the beautiful thing is there are people who come who say, I've been watching your website for years and I finally just now have the courage, just now have the time, just now have the money, right. whatever to do this. And I've known for years I was going to work with you. And I, I don't know this until they come to me. So it, it right. always kind of warms my heart to think, um, okay, this is wonderful. We've known each other before you got here. And so they're so much more comfortable and the project is so much easier and more fun and comes to life better because they already are in a comfortable place with it. So I right. love that. You know, Susan's written two books on songwriting. We've done tons of workshops. We've nurtured songwriters and artists and artist development. That's what we love. And I just feel like I love getting to know people and I feel like it's reciprocal that they want to know me and the, the more they know me, the better our working relationship is going to be. Right. So thank you for saying that. Though. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, tell me, where do you get, the, how do you get the time energy to put all this together? Because I see you on the socials. You're always posting blogs, tips, uh, again, you know, information that's important to the creative process, whether you're a writer, a singer, um, whatever your capacity is, you seem to always dig up these cool gems. And it's always unique information. It's always good information. It's it's things of value that people need to hear about. Um, and you've got a really busy gig as a producer and all the other things that you just described. So how do you find the energy to do all this? And while I'm asking you that, just take me through your day. What is your day like from the time you get up? I know you have a really busy one, but give me a typical day in the life of Kim Copeland. <laughs> no day is typical. That's the first okay, part. <laughs> that's cool. I like it already. <laughs> Before I begin that, though, I have to say that I do not know anyone more focused and who accomplishes more in a day than you do. So <laughs> I admire you and bow to you for your energy level. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I love what I do and I love the variety of it. That's part of why it suits me so well. Um, so a typical day, that was a lot of questions rolled into one. Okay. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I do them all because to me, they're all one. They all interact with each other so well. Okay. Do you structure and, your day? Like, do you, do you have, like, do you go through the beginning of the week and say, well, I know you, you keep a good schedule, but um, do you have a, a, a preference of how the day should go? Or is each day so unique that? Well, I do. I always have a plan. Okay. And it rarely happens that way. Right, right. <laughs> but I typically love to listen to songs as I'm having my morning coffee. And that may be songs that I have on an upcoming session, okay. um, a new artist that I'm working with, because I like to, I also like to burn CDs and listen as I'm driving, um, especially when I'm getting to know a new artist or songwriter. Okay. Um, so a lot, my day begins with listening to songs okay. uh, almost always well always because even if I'm driving to the studio to work I'm listening to what I'm going to be working on that day just right. to 
get myself in that that mindset. Okay. The middle of the day for me is business because that's when my phone rings. That's this is a day that I'm not in the studio. So okay. uh, I'm making calls. I'm accepting calls. I'm setting things up. If I'm in the studio, then I don't return any phone calls until the evening or the next morning. Um, so mid morning, morning is listening to songs. Midday is business, whether I'm in the studio working or taking care of emails and phone calls. Um, evening, I'm typically listening to more songs or attending a show that I have to do or in the studio uh, working. So every day is a little different, mm -hmm. but um, but there are some routines. But I, I want to say one more thing about that. The reason that I try and do all I can do, and I'm always looking for new ways to help songwriters and artists, um, and, and I'm not I'm not a saint. I, ha I have a business too, so, right. so I do work a lot towards that. Right. But I remember, I will, I will never lose the memory of, of coming to Nashville to visit and walking the streets and being in such admiration of the other songwriters and artists and creative people here and looking at buildings and wondering what goes on behind those doors and just wishing I could get a glimpse of that. Right. And I remember that feeling always. I remember the first album that I got to produce and how thrilled I was to have a reason to pick up the phone, call these world-class musicians that I thought would be great on the project and ask them to work for me. That was right. a huge thrill. And okay. it took me someplace new. I, I will always remember Kim Williams, a wonderful songwriter, um, Grammy-winning writer, who invited me to sit in on one of his professional demo sessions for the first time. Okay. And it changed my world right. because I was doing everything at home. So I always remember all of these steps and nothing brings me more joy than to have people come sit in and watch a session or visit with me or get to glimpse behind the curtain and see that we're all real people right? and see how things work and, and hopefully learn something to help them along their journey. Well, it, it goes back to what you said about, um, you know, Nashville being community-like. It seems like um, every time I go down there, I learn something more about how um, people are just so, like, have your back. Like, especially when you have a personal relationship with them, and it seems like, it seems like everybody kind of knows each other, too, which, which yeah. is really cool. And the country fans, or the Nashville fans, or, or country music in general, seems to have, like such a wonderful um, just dedication to their artists, you know, like more so than I've ever seen in any genre. Mm -hmm. Like they're very supportive. And uh, I just like the whole vibe. Every time I go down there, it's like I walk the streets and I'm an eavesdropper. I mean, I, um, I picked this up from somebody years ago and I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a famous songwriter and he used to just sit and and listen, I, I've been doing that for four or five years. Everywhere I go, as you know, my notebook's with me, and I'm like just checking out conversations yeah. in them. And right. I hear them when I walk the streets in Nashville all the time. It's like people are talking about, mm -hmm. we're going to a session, we're going to a show. Did, we, did you hear what happened? Yeah. Nashville's a town where we, we respect talent, we respect each other. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen elsewhere, but... Um, we respect hard work and, and you're a very hard worker with your music and that's why you find success. I don't want to make it sound like because this day and age there's so many reality shows and so many dreams without a plan behind them. It's not that we just take dreamers under our wing and drop a million bucks on them and make them stars. You have to work but we so totally respect people who do and we so totally love the process that we're willing to give as much as you are. Right. Well, that's what's wonderful. I mean, you take it really seriously. I mean, I remember the first time I came down there and you asked me to define what I was trying to do. And for me, it is, and I, I remember I said to you, create a beautiful piece of art. 
And all the rest of it doesn't matter to me. I mean, yeah, you got to go out and make a living. You want to be successful. You want all the goodies and the toys. But but really, you have to, in my mind, you have to split it apart and say, the art has to be separate and you have to treat it separately and you have to treat it with separate respect and don't combine it with money and, and you know, material things, altruistic things, yes, but not, you know, don't get all muddled up and we'll have to make X amount of dollars to make all this work. Do it for the art's sake. Um, I wanted to ask you, who do you like to listen to? Like when you're in downtime, like now you mentioned you like, mm-hmm. um, uh, you like classical and things like that. So when you're having downtime and you're doing all these different artists and all these genres and you've got very eclectic tastes, like what's your favorite thing to go to to say, it's it's my chill time, I just want to listen from my own soul to X. Anything in particular? <laughs> it's a hard question, right? <laughs> well, such a, such a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I listen to more rock than anything. Okay. But here's the thing. I, I, I got a new turntable and I've unpacked all my old albums. So recently I've been just rediscovering. I've been listening to, you know, the Eagles and uh and James Taylor and the Moody Blues and the and who I just just you know, Creedence Clearwater. I mean, right. uh, such a wide variety. I've just been immersing myself in '70s rock lately, and, <laughs> and loving that. But you know, I love I, I love Ed Sheeran. I love Adele. I, I love a lot of the new. Ironically, I don't listen to a lot of country. I, I listen to enough to to know what's what's happening, right? Um, and stay abreast of things. But my go-to is just for personal listening is more, you know. Rock and and pop and uh, and certainly country as well, but you would think that'd be predominantly it, and it's not. Right, right. How about um? What are you reading these days? Or do you even have time? Like, what's your favorite thing to read? Is there any any book that you're like <laughs> you're hot on right now that you're like that you could you could just share with us? Anything in particular? Uh, you know, I read on my Kindle so much, and I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I will be into a book and forget what the title is because I'm not seeing the jacket in the front of it, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I, I love to read, but I don't have a lot of time, so I tend to listen to um, audiobooks yeah. when I'm driving my a lot. And, and, and it's, you know, it's John Grisham. It's it's just things things that are not... I, I do some self-help and, and educational stuff, but not a lot. Right. I, I, I used to do a lot of that, and now it's more stuff to take my mind away. Okay. So I love Stephen King. I love John Grisham. Okay, great. Um, hey, how about, like, what are you most excited about this year, 2015, as far as the music business in general, as most people know, it crashed and burned a horrible, almost death, like, you know, back in, was it 2008, 2009, the decline of CDs and, and sales and things like that. So I don't like to dwell on that. I see a lot of negative things posted and I know what's, you know, going on out in the world, but I tend to look towards the optimistic side of um, what can I do as an artist to, you know, get my work out there to try to influence and inspire uh, how about you as far as what excites you? What do you think are opportunities? What's most exciting to you as you look forward, you know, into the music business and, and artists that are now developing and coming out, up and coming? The creativity. I mean, I, I you know, 60% of the people that I knew when I got here are gone. Okay. And some people look at that and go, oh, I'm scared. 
people are right. falling like flies. I look at it, I, I'm a glass half full kind of person. So right. I'm always like, what can I wake up and do today? Right. Where can I show up and ask, what am I here to give? What am I here to receive? And count my blessings at the end of the night. And I find that as long as I keep moving, I'll get somewhere. Okay. You know, I, because I'm not trying to get to the top of the mountain. I'm trying to enjoy the the climb and make sure that I have enough to eat and drink that day. Right, right. <laughs> so I think it's a wonderful time for a new artist. And what I'm most excited about is the young artists that I'm working with who do not know the old set of rules. Right, right. I love that. Yeah. They come in, they bring their raw energy, their raw creativity. I get to help mold that. And... I'm always looking for what is them, not what fix, fits the box, because there is right. no box anymore. Right. So right. people who come to me and say, I'll, and I'm most excited that people don't have to have a label deal to become famous, yeah. to, to right. make a living. I know so many indie artists who are uh, a little bit below the radar of the major labels who are doing something they love, supporting their families, loving their life and making a great living. Right. And they may not be world famous as much as the handful of people on major labels, but they have a great life. So I'm excited that more people can live the life and find the fulfillment right. without having to be the select few. And, and I'm not against major labels. I'm just saying that's a piece of the puzzle now. Right. Whereas it used to be the whole pie. Right. Have you any idea about... Um what is going to be, and this is this is something I think about everyone, what is the delivery system that everybody's going to settle on? Or will it always be something that evolves? Like CDs seem to be, you know, everybody kept saying they were going to be replaced, but there's still CD players in every car built. So I don't see them going away anytime really soon. Um, I mean, streaming is big right now. Um, we talked about cards. You can buy, you know, data cards and put them in. But it seems like a kind of a big combination of, of different um, vehicles to get music to people. Any any thoughts on that as to where it's going and what's going on with that, or you think it's always going to be? I think it's always going to be evolving. We have a generation that was raised on MP3s, which means that they were raised on a frequency range about this big. When music is recorded in a frequency range this big. That breaks my heart to think that children of this generation don't even know what analog sounds like, don't even know what a full frequency range sounds like. But that same generation is discovering vinyl. Well, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. A seventeen-year-old artist that I work with was was here last week to do some reporting and shows. And going through my vinyl collection and thrilled with discovering all of this old music, these artists with listening to it, and a whole new world opened up. And right. so I'm excited to see that there are there is a variety of options available now, um, and and they're so e so much easier to discover. But it's right. like us using these big headphones now, the the new Bose headphones, the Beat headphones that are so cool because you hear more. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's playing guitar with this going, wow, this sounds so clear. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. Yeah. Whereas he's used to earbuds in an MP3. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> Where half, the, half of the settings are lost. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's tragic because what, what happens is that the, the human ear doesn't know what it's capable of until it hears it. And right. that And like you, to your point, the, the kids who are listening to this say, well, this is the way it always 
sounded. But until you hear like a really good stereo system with a great turntable, like back in the day, it's like, wow, now that is yeah. pure analog delight, you know? Yeah. And that's so. what I love. You know, if you're sitting in your in your bedroom making YouTube videos with your computer, that's wonderful. But when you get to the studio and I can put headphones on you and real musicians around you and show you what your music can be, it's right. just glorious to watch that come to life. Yeah. And you'll never go back to listening to it, you know, on a transistor radio again. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I encourage people, like I set up a, a site for Geography of the Soul for people to get the actual wave files and kind of got yeah. on my soapbox and said, you know, you're paying, it's the same cost and I've arranged so that you could get the actual wave files. So don't mm -hmm. settle for an MP3. You're riding around in a yes. beautiful car with a nice sound system. Why would you listen to that? Yeah. So, yeah. um, Anyway, fascinating uh, subjects here we, we covered here. And I finally want to ask you for people out there uh, who want to reach you to uh, either book a session, um, you know, figure out anything about any of your products that are available to you, uh, hear about your records. What is the best way for them to reach Kim Copeland Productions? On my website, which okay. is kimcopelandproductions.com. Okay. And as you said, there's a lot of interactive videos. All of my contact information is there. Um, K-I-M-C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D productions.com. Okay. Kim, it was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed our time together. I thank you for being a part of Dharmic Evolution. And I can't wait to get back to see you in Nashville real soon. Well, we'll be very excited to see you. All right. Thanks for having me. This thank you, Kim. That was awesome. Well, there you have it. Nashville's First Lady of Music Row, producer Kim Copeland. Great interview. Really enjoyed that. I hope you folks did as well. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. So good of you to come by. Check it out. So, until next time, I'll catch you out on the socials. I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>